0: Greetings from the Classic City. I am Jamie Cheek. This is a view from the couch. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast today. I'm going to give you everything you need to know, every stat, every storyline to get you ready for the Deep South's oldest rivalry this Saturday as Georgia takes on Auburn. It's number four Georgia and number 12 Auburn. The season is on the line for the Dogs. The loss to South Carolina Earlier in the season means there is no path for Georgia that doesn't include going on the road and winning at Auburn two years ago. This was the spot that that excellent 2017 uh, Georgia team tripped up, but they were still able to avenge that loss three weeks later in the SEC championship game. That opportunity will not be afforded to this Georgia team. Georgia has to win this game if they plan on still pursuing their dream of making the college football playoff and ultimately bringing the University of Georgia its first national championship since 1980, we'll get started today by trying to give you some of the historical information about this rivalry. You've probably heard it called the Deep South's oldest rivalry for uh, many times. They 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 kill it when on the broadcast. Uh, I guess a lack of things to actually say during the game, but this game was first played in 1892. Uh, Saturday's game is going to be the 124th meeting all time between the two schools. They've tied eight times and then Georgia leads the series 59, 56. And of course those eight ties. One of the interesting trends, uh, especially during the 90s, was the road team having a lot of success in this series. From 1992 to 1999, the road team won every single meeting except for 1994 when the two teams tied. They've also played some historical games. In 2000, or, uh, 1996, the first overtime game in SEC history was played between Georgia and Auburn with Georgia winning in double overtime. The more recent history has favored Georgia. The dogs have won seven out of the last ten meetings with Auburn, and the trend for Auburn has been if you beat Georgia, it's going to be a really good season. But if it's just an average season, you're not going to beat Georgia. So the three times that Auburn's won this game over the past ten years, 2010, Auburn won the national championship with Cam Newton. 2013, Auburn played for the national championship. That was the year that they had – uh, the prayer at Jordan-Hare with the the long touchdown pass to beat Georgia, the tip pass that beat Georgia at the end of the game. Two weeks later, they had the kick six. They went on to win the SEC championship and play Florida State in the national championship game and ended up losing that game very close. And then the last time Auburn won this game, 2017, most Georgia fans are going to remember that. That was, again, Auburn upsetting number one Georgia and then turning around a couple of weeks later and upsetting the new number one, Alabama, so two times in three weeks, Auburn in 2017 beat the number one team in the country. Uh, they could not do it again, though, even though Georgia wasn't ranked number one. Auburn lost to Georgia in the 2017 uh, SEC championship game and missed out on the playoff. So the rivalry has been very even over the course of its entire history, but Georgia has dominated recently and Georgia fans have to hope that that trend continues on Saturday. Let's take a look at Auburn. The Tigers come into this game ranked number 12 in the latest college football playoff rankings. They're seven and two on the season. They are two losses. Both came on the road at LSU and at Florida their freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, 1,800 yards on the season passing, 57% uh, pass completion, 12 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He's been sacked 13 times. So those statistics, especially for a freshman, I, I think they look pretty good. But when you dig a little bit deeper, what you see about Nix is in their three biggest games of the year to this point, the two losses on the road to LSU in Florida, and then the opening game of the season against Oregon, Nick's has not played his best. 42% completion percentage in those games. He's only averaging about 160 yards passing, and he's got four touchdowns versus six interceptions and six sacks in those three games combined. So if you look, six interceptions on the entire season – All of those have come in those three big games. Now, the Oregon game was actually a victory for the Tigers. They handed Oregon what has turned out to be their only loss of the season. And Nix brought them back. There's no doubt about the fact that the fourth quarter, he was the missing ingredient in their offense that got going. He played out of his mind toward the end of that game, and uh, he's the reason that Auburn won that game. However, overall, it was still not a very good game for Bo Nix. Their running backs, their, uh, their main running backs, uh, Whitlow, 113 carries, 553 yards and seven touchdowns. Then they have D.J. Williams, 55 carries, 300 yards and a touchdown. And then they usually go three running backs deep. So Cam Martin, 52 carries, 293 for two touchdowns. Um, Whitlow, their number one running back, obviously twice as many carries as anybody else on the team from a running back standpoint. Actually, the the guy that has the second amount, the second highest amount of rushes on the team is Bo Nix. He's rushed 70 times for 214 yards. And a big key here, five touchdowns. The stat that Georgia fans seem to be carrying so proudly uh, to this point in the season is the fact that we haven't allowed a rushing touchdown so far. Uh, and I think they haven't been able to confirm it. But to this point in the season, that no other college football team has done that. Uh, so, obviously, no other team this year, but I think they've looked back and as far as stats go back and they can kind of track those game by game, which I think we're in the 70s. No other team has made it this far in this season without allowing a rushing touchdown. But if Auburn gets into the position to try to score, the, the, key, the guy you want to keep an eye on, especially in the red zone, Bo Nix, so five rushing touchdowns, that's second on the team as far as rushes go. At the wide receiver position, uh, Seth Williams is their main target. 35 catches for 569 yards, eight touchdowns. No other receiver has more than two touchdowns for Auburn. Uh, So Seth Williams is their main target, especially in the red zone. Their number two guy, Anthony Schwartz, 23 catches, 305 and a touchdown. And then Eli Stove, 27 catches, 247 yards, two touchdowns. Auburn runs the ball 61% of the time, so they are a run-first team. So for Georgia, the rush defense is absolutely the strong part of their defense. So Auburn's strength on offense matches up really, really well with Georgia's strength on defense. So if Auburn is unable to run the ball, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Bo Nix and his arm. When you look at Auburn's defense, you're going to hear a lot about them, and you should hear a lot about them because the unit itself is very good, but they have two guys that really stand out as big-time players in the SEC, and both of them honestly could be playing in the NFL right now. Their number one guy is defensive tackle Derek Brown. He is from Sugar Hill, Georgia, so I blame Dean and Katie Miller for not getting him to go to the University of Georgia, being residents of Sugar Hill at the time. Uh, he was a long time commit to the University of Georgia. He flipped to Auburn on signing day. Uh, it was a huge disappointment when Derrick Brown didn't come to Georgia. Uh, he is a game changer. There are other guys there, defensive end Marlon Davidson. He is also a senior. So between the two of them, nine and a half sacks this year and four forced fumbles. These two guys create a lot of what Kirby Smart's looking for from his defense. They create a lot of havoc. So Georgia is going to have to do a really good job of making sure that those two individual players don't play out of their mind on Saturday and completely disrupt everything Georgia is trying to do on offense. There's been so much talk coming into this game about how great Auburn is defensively that I really I wanted to just look up some of the the team statistics and do a quick comparison. So we're going to start on the defensive side of the ball. Auburn's rush defense is allowing 113 yards per game which is 21st in the nation. Comparatively Georgia's rush defense is number four in the nation allowing only 75 yards per game. So Not a huge, I mean, it's obviously a strength for both teams, but advantage Georgia when it comes to rush defense. On the other side, pass defense. Georgia's pass defense ranks 17th in the nation, 186 yards per game for Georgia that they're giving up through the air. Auburn's pass defense ranked 59th in the nation, giving up 221 yards per game in the air. So, again, pass defense and rush defense, you'd have to give the edge – to georgia and a much bigger edge to georgia when it comes to pass defense offensively uh, georgia's rush offense is 24th in the nation about 216 yards per game auburn 19th in the nation so a little bit of an advantage there but only three yards per game more 219 yards per game so just to be fair we'll go ahead and give auburn the check on that one even though those are pretty much the same exact numbers but the passing offense Georgia's offense, and this has been a theme for the entire season, Georgia's fan base has been so frustrated at the lack of passing offense, frustrated at James Coley about the play calling, frustrated with Jake Fromm about the execution, frustrated with the receivers for not getting open, just frustrated in every way when it comes to the pass offense. Georgia's pass offense is ranked 69th in the country, so only 233 yards per game. That's not great. However, Auburn's passing offense, 91st in the nation, barely over 200 yards per game. So in three of these four categories that I just kind of broke down for you, Georgia has an advantage. And in the one category they don't have an advantage, it really is almost a statistical tie. Now both teams are plus two in turnover margin, but a lot like we saw in the Florida game, Georgia has less takeaways and also less turnovers. While Auburn has turned the ball over 14 times so far this season, uh, Georgia's only turned the ball over eight times. And I will reiterate, half of those eight turnovers came in one game against South Carolina. I don't want to bore you with all of Georgia's uh, updated statistics. I cover Georgia pretty much every single week, so we'll skip the stats today, but I will tell you that DeAndre Swift is only 79 yards away from going over 1,000 on the season, which would give him uh, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. So when we when we really take a big-picture look at this game and try to figure out who has the advantage and where that advantage might lie, I think the number one thing you have to recognize is it is strength against strength in almost every aspect. Auburn's defensive line is one of the best in the country. And Georgia's offensive line, despite the frustration that some Georgia fans have had throughout this season, Georgia's offensive line is one of the best offensive lines in the country. Now, what we saw against Florida was the run blocking was good to okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but the pass blocking against Florida was absolutely fantastic. The defensive lineman for Auburn, we already covered that. When you talk about Brown and you talk about Davidson, those two guys are absolutely the kind of players that can completely wreck multiple plays offensively. So if Georgia's offensive line is able to play against Auburn the way they did against Florida and really kind of stop those edge rushers and those interior rushers from having a huge impact on Jake Fromm, Georgia's going to win this game auburn is gonna have to do a lot on the defensive side of the ball to stay in this game so for me and i know it was just a couple of weeks ago and maybe that's why i keep comparing this game to florida but i think offensively everything georgia tr- did in that game is exactly what they have to try to do in this game they have to put the ball and this game in jake Fromm's hands he is a junior. He has played a lot of football, and he showed in the Florida game that when he is given the opportunity to make throws, he can make them. We've got to trust in Fromm's decision-making. Uh, We've got to trust in his playmaking. You remember there were three huge plays against Florida where Fromm was able to avoid sacks and pick up yards, and the net on those plays was absolutely huge in the, in the grand scheme of that game. So Georgia's not going to be able to abandon the run, of course. You can't become one-dimensional against a defense as good as Auburn's. But at the same time, they cannot be completely uh, boring on offense and just run the ball on first and second down and expect to be able to win on third down. I think when you look back at the 2017 Georgia-Auburn game, a game that was, I think, 41-17. Georgia just got the, the doors beat off of them. The momentum got going against Georgia. But the worst part of that game was the just lack of creativity when it came to play calling. It was run on first down, run on second down, third and nine, and we got to throw it. And at that point, Fromm's a freshman, so you really can't put that guy in that situation. But Georgia's offense can take advantage of a not very good pass defense of Auburn. So not only are you going with your experience when you put the ball in Fromm's hand but you're also attacking the biggest weakness that this defense has so coming into the game Kirby said that Cager. Uh, is on track to play, and so we haven't had any updates or any kind of uh, indication that Cager won't be able to play. After the game last Saturday, Kirby said that if he needed to come back into the game, Cager could have come back into the game, but because Georgia was taking care of Missouri the way they were, they didn't feel the need to chance anything. So even if Cager plays, what Georgia is going to need is their number two guy to step up. We saw George Pickens have a very good game against Missouri he needs to have a very good game against Florida, or Auburn here so the key for Pickens in this game or one of the big storylines coming into this game was that Pickens kind of the reverse of Derrick Brown Pickens was a long time commit to Auburn flipped yet last year on signing day and uh, there's going to be a lot of Auburn fans that will be giving him an absolute earful when it takes uh, when it comes to the game on Saturday So Georgia's defense, I think, can stop Bo Nix. I mean, the defense has been the strength of this team. Kirby has always done a really good job of taking away a team's number one, you know, primary choice. So I look for them to come into this game and plan on stopping the run and making Bo Nix beat them. Uh, and Nix has not shown that he has the ability to do that. I think George is going to dial up some pressure on obvious passing downs, really try to get after him early and try to rattle him. Now that doesn't take a genius to feel, figure out with a freshman back there. That's the way you want to attack this guy. But, Unless something has changed, they're coming off a bye week. So unless Nix is coming into this game with some kind of different mentality or something changes pretty dramatically for him, he has not proven that he can win the game. So for Georgia, to make sure that that guy, Bo Nix, the freshman, has to beat you is absolutely the most uh, probable way to win this game if you're Georgia. So the game plan for Georgia, I think, is pretty simple. Offensively, you're going to put the ball in your quarterback's hands. You know, I, We're not going to abandon the run. We're going to run the ball. But to me, the key is throwing on first down. And what I saw eventually in the Florida game, and we saw it again last week against Missouri, you've got to throw on first and second down, but that doesn't mean you have to throw the ball 30 yards down the field on first and second down. Finding checkdowns, especially slants, just get to second and five you know, by throwing the ball, and now you have all the, you know, ability in the world to run, to pass, to do whatever you want to do offensively. The outside runs obviously have, have been more um, beneficial in gating yards, but we can't a- abandon the inside here. A lot of times when you have a player like Derek Brown um, that's so disruptive, the best way to deal with a guy like that is to run the ball right at him. You know, there may be a couple of times, maybe more than a couple of times, where he's able to get off his uh, offensive lineman and make a play for no gain or even, you know, for a loss of a yard or two. But if you want to slow him down in the pass rush, running right at him will at least slow him down from getting that amazing first step he has on our offensive lineman. I think a big key to this game is Georgia getting up early. Um, What happened in 2017 and what could happen in this game is that stadium just like most stadiums in the sec can get absolutely crazy that crowd if they think they're in position to pull the upset and to really kind of rekindle some of that magic from two years ago they're going to get insane so i think georgia coming out scoring early you know maybe getting up seven nothing maybe then turn around ten nothing something like that If they're able to do that, the crowd's still going to be a factor, but not to the extent that they were two years ago. So get off to a good start. Play a steady game. There's going to be a lot of times where Georgia has to punt in this game. Fans shouldn't be frustrated. Auburn's got a very good defense. We're not going to go out there and score 45 points on this defense, unless Auburn turns it over five or six times. So this is going to be a defensive game. It's going to be about field position. It's going to be about maximizing your possessions. And it's going to be about making sure that we score seven and not kicking field goals. I think this game is going to end up being somewhere around 21 to 13. And I think Georgia wins it. Um, I just don't think Auburn's going to be able to score enough. Now, obviously, scoring 21 is not the most ex- you know explosive day offensively. But I think if Georgia gets to 20, you can feel pretty comfortable because I think it's highly unlikely that Auburn's offense can go out there and generate 20 points against Georgia's defense. So I've given you all the things you need to know to get ready for this game, and you can throw them all out the window probably about 15 minutes into the game because it seems like everything we think we know disappears very, very quickly. But last week's game between Alabama and LSU – Kind of went exactly how most people thought it would be, high scoring and crazy. I think you're going to get the opposite this week. Low scoring, you know, really smash mouth football, kind of old school football. But at the end of the day, I'm trusting Jake Fromm. I think he's going to get the ball, get the job done. And I think Georgia is going to continue on their road toward Atlanta and clinch the SEC East. A win against Auburn will clinch the East for Georgia. And if Missouri. Pulls an upset, which I think is very possible over Florida. Georgia may have already clinched the east before they even kick off against Auburn. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I have had a little bit of trouble uh, fighting off a cold this week, so my voice is not the strongest, so hopefully I will get over that in the next couple of days and hopefully we'll get a uh, a podcast on Monday on a upon further review as I rewatch what will hopefully be a Georgia victory and tell you some of the things that you might have missed the first time through. Thank you so much again for, for listening. I really enjoy doing this podcast. I'm so thankful that uh, a few of you are listening. I hope it's a great weekend and go dogs.